0: All our horses are 100% horse-fed for that double horse-juiced-in goodness. I'll have the cholesterol-free omelet with horse beaters. And you, sir, how can I horse you? I'll have a horse Coke. Horse Pepsi okay? Nay. Welcome to the World of Tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, The Luck of the Fryrish. Ben, I have a question for you. All right. Do you find yourself a lucky gentleman? I subscribe to the jedi philosophy of things in that there's no such thing as luck okay that's you you did not nope (laughs) (laughs) i was not expecting to get my bit destroyed by the
1: not yes ending of it and turning into a jedi thing
0: how much time did you spend preparing the bit that i just destroyed
1: about 10 seconds it was my secondary bit after i told you i wasn't going to do an irish accent
0: okay so uh let's take this from the top ask me if i'm a lucky guy Ben, are you a lucky guy? Hell yeah! Well, yeah, okay. Um, Did I screw it up again?
1: Well, I mean, there's uh,
0: yes ending, and then there's hell yes ending. And um, why well, yes, Mike? I consider myself to be a very lucky guy. <laughs> all right, seems like
1: this bit is terrible today.
0: You, well, you can't just leave it there. Like we all got to know what the bit is.
1: <laughs> to be honest, there wasn't much to it. Again, I thought of it like 10 seconds ago, because I I had realized what I was going to do was terrible, and now I've left with something even worse. So, oh boy, oh, let's just keep going. That was suspiciously close to a... Suspiciously close, but not belonging to. It was a word that is, okay, let's just keep going, or else I'm just going to dig my hole. And you know how, (laughs) how I like to dig holes for myself. Oh, I do it's
0: one of it's one of our favorite things about you, Mike.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. my wife loves it until she doesn't, but I've dug myself uh podcast
0: holes with her before,
1: so <laughs> like the time I tried to marry Futurama,
0: yeah, how did that go over by the way
1: she She knows I'm full of it <laughs> so as as I'm sure
0: most listeners at this point know well, with that bit failed and your marriage on the rocks
1: <laughs> it's time to talk about this episode of futurama let's talk
0: about luck of the Fryrish. um <laughs> it starts out in 20th century new york city
1: uh we go to the brooklyn Premed junior hospital
0: fry's parents um mr and mrs fry are delivering a baby as we speak <laughs> delivering
1: a baby why not um. Yeah. Fry's mom is in labor. Uh. Fry's dad is in the corner reading uh, a magazine called Cold Warrior, which is kind of neat. Based because you can kind of tell it's in that period of time where the Cold War was happening. When Fry Fry's dad kind of tells her like, "You got this." Fry's mom is like, "I'm listening to the baseball game."
0: It's true. She's like, "Keep it down." It's in the ninth inning.
1: Um. So Fry is born. Um, and you, the, the doctor even says, this has a nice, lovely tuft of red hair. Fry's dad immediately takes that as a sign that, that the doctor is calling Fry a commie.
0: It's true. I, I love I love his dad's obsession with hating communists, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it was like the 70s or 80s yeah. uh, when Fry was born. So
1: It's a reasonable thing to have in that time, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just he's just so you can't even he's de- say he's got red hair like
1: he's dedicated to the cause. He is dedicated of the to anti-communism. the anti-communism.
0: Well, first of all, they're like, what do you want to name him? And then uh, <laughs> the well, his I, mom is like, uh, you pick. I picked dinner last night. That's true. I also want to
1: point out another amazing, amazing thing that Fry's mom does. She is at, between the delivery and being handed the baby. Uh, handed the baby fry. Um she listens to uh the Mets win a ball game based on a hit by pitch and says, "This is the greatest day of my life." And the doctor's like, "Here's your baby."
0: And she's like, "Yeah, okay." Now, I wonder if you could use that information to find out what Fry's birthday is. Like if you could go find a a Mets game in that era. So, he goes to the future when he's 24, I want to say. Like that, yeah. So, you can find out if there's any games that ended with the Mets winning after they got hit by a pitch. Sure. And see if you can figure that out. Well, you also get a little bit more information by the guy behind him striking out looking.
1: I think they give a name, too.
0: Yeah, maybe mean, I don't know baseball. I especially don't know baseball from the time from before I was born.
1: We're going to Mike Googles that corner. Da, 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 of course, I have a da, phone da, and not da, da, a da, giant da, MacBook da, like my da, co-host da, over here. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I can't find anything on the infosphere about the 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 game whatsoever.
0: I mean, I imagine that they it just... It also
1: says that the Mets win- are winning the World Series, which is not supported by the source content. <laughs> Trust me, I care about this.
0: Fair enough. Um yeah, I mean I imagine that they just uh invented a thing. But Same. it's like in in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, people used the uh the footage from the the Cubs game that yeah. and they managed to figure out that Ferris Bueller uh his day off was like one of three dates or something like that. And the person who figured out what day was a good day in that song where he didn't even have to use his AK.
1: People out there are definitely looking into these things that are very important in life.
0: Let's get back to our
1: Futurama podcast. Let's do it. So <laughs> our 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 important work that we we delivered into the universe. <laughs> um. So yes. Uh. T- going back to Fry uh, Fry's dad and mom talking about what to what to name the uh the baby Fry. They decide on uh, uh Fry's dad gets to choose because Fry's mom picked dinner last night, uh-huh. as you mentioned. And
0: uh, his dad chooses Philip for the screwdrivers. hmm He specifically says, you know, like, one of those screwdrivers. Like, he doesn't even seem to have an attachment oh, that's true. to the screwdrivers. He's just like, I don't know, like, screwdriver, why not? Yeah. It's a good thing they didn't name him Flathead. It's true. Then he would be, <laughs> like, a comic book villain. Yeah, like a Dick Tracy Ooh. villain. Ooh, I like it. Meanwhile... Fry's older brother, Yancey, is mm-hmm. um, not very thrilled with this new situation. Sure. And he, he's like, no, I want the name Philip. Me, Philip. Uh, Yancey is a family name that, that his dad has. And it
1: goes all the way back down to Minuteman Yancey Fry in the American Revolution.
0: Who was blasting commies in the American Revolution. There's a lot of questions here.
1: Fry's dad gives him a mobile of, uh of a spaceship and some planets saying that until he can get an i c b m this is what he'll have uh yance he uh fry really seems to enjoy this because foreshadowing and
0: yeah, and also he's like a day old
1: well, true, it makes noise and moves, so therefore it's mm-hmm. a, it's the most amazing thing he's ever seen in his life uh Yancey
0: rips off the spaceship, yells mine, and throws it out the window. My note is uh. Yancey is kind of a dick from the get go.
1: Well, he's like
0: four. <laughs> it doesn't change my statement.
1: Well, he's going through complex emotions because before he was on his own and now he's got this younger brother. There's a lot of emotions here. And he's four. It doesn't change my statement. It doesn't. He's kind of a jerk, yeah. I'm not <laughs> arguing, I'm just giving justifications for the jerkness. Then we go back for to the jerky.
0: Present day, which I love that it captions present day, i.e. the future. <laughs> it's true. It's kind of funny to be like <laughs> sit
1: watching this and being like, well, present day, but that's the future. But then we're going back to the it's it's wonderful.
0: Time frames and verb tenses tend to get kind of weird in the show occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Everybody decides to go to the horse races and they are all betting on their various horse races Mm -hmm. and none of them seem to be doing very well uh the first
1: race ends in what we call a photo finish but they uh measure it with an electron
0: microscope and found the winner number three in a quantum finish and then the professor in one of the nerdiest jokes ever says no fair you changed the outcome by (laughs) measuring it
1: (laughs) it's so great
0: uh because and i don't know my quantum theory very well i but feel
1: like we need to go grab friend of the podcast emma
0: basically the the short of it is that um electrons behave different i think it's electrons the short of it is that particles behave differently when observed uh which is sort of a weird thing and I'm sure friend of the podcast, Tema, will.
1: Oh, yeah. Friend of the podcast, Tema, is already right, right now. She's either driving or she's sitting in a red light, furiously scribbling down notes like, this is what these idiots don't know about quantum mechanics. Or she's just re- complaining. In it, it, She's paused the podcast at this point and is just complaining about it to me directly.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: And I'm like, I can't do anything about it. It's already been out there. So Fry's horse, uh, Leela asks uh, Fry how his horse did. And he, he says, I'll tell you when he finishes.
0: Bad. Meanwhile, Amy's talking to her parents up in the uh, pri- one of the private uh, luxury boxes. Uh, luxury boxes mm-hmm. And they say that they have they own four horses and two jockeys in today's races mm-hmm. and they just put one of their best jockeys out to stud. Uh, so he walks over and tries to hit on her. <laughs> like, Hey baby, you ever
1: do it in a suitcase? It, I mean, we've talked about some pretty bad <laughs> pickup
0: lines. That's uh, pretty bad. Uh, compared to, I find the most erotic part of the woman is the boobies. Uh, which one is going to be worse here? <sighs>
1: you're giving me an
0: impossible decision the opposite of sophie's choice
1: (laughs) every choice is terrible oh man i i think it's still the boobies line because at least doing it in a suitcase is novel okay i'm i'm willing to
0: accept that (laughs) I'm i'm glad you were willing to accept that there is also after that a uh centaur race or a centaur race?
1: centaur race yeah uh fry uh loses this bet too
0: he's just he's doing a bad job i do like that the winner of the centaur race was steven <laughs> just like yeah. a name yeah, rather no, than like because i will say this much i don't really care much for horse racing i don't okay. have any real stakes in the kentucky derby sure gotta love those horse names though
1: that's true like secretariat other
0: horse name like Sea Biscuit? You couldn't there even get Sea Biscuit. No, I could not. But no, I mean like some of the more modern ones where it's just like uh Ray's Choice. Or Domino Banana. <laughs> I was gonna go with Crestfallen Pizza. Crestfallen pizza. <laughs> depressed widget. Ooh, yeah, I'd totally put some money down on Depressed Widget. <laughs> I would too. Uh, yeah, Fry's not doing so good. Fry says that he's run over black cats that are luckier than he is. So Hermes and Lila, during, between one of the
1: races, go to uh, the concession stand, which is just all horse meat, um, which is the horses were also fed 100% horse fed to get that good juicy flavor. In that, that double
0: horse. juiced in goodness <laughs> is, I believe, what he says. And I feel very uncomfortable about everything that just transpired. It's... There's some grow. There, there's some feelings about this. Yes, Hermes of course orders a horse Coke, horse Pepsi. Okay, nay. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is we're just one of those good Hermes, just like being weird and himself, and like yeah. having these crazy side adventures that aren't even really adventures. Yeah, yeah. Like the more we do this podcast, the more I get. The a pr- more I love. Hermes
1: I have a deeper appreciation for Hermes every time he does something ridiculous like this that doesn't it just kind of exists Mm -hmm. it's
0: wonderful because again no explanation they're just and he's he's clever enough to be like nay (laughs) so good oh man
1: so uh we go to the stables uh where we see a very terribly uh disguised bender with wearing a horse costume kind of Uh, walking around on his on all fours Um, and he walks over to a horse and grabs out uh, comatonin and uh, gives it an injection
0: yeah he drugs all the horses and even the one jockey who comes in is like hey what are you doing this and then uh, the next race the gates open and all but one horse just kind of trot out slowly and kind of take a nap
1: Mm mm-hmm Fry before the race starts. Fry is uh, praying for the horse god for luck, asking him to to stomp, <laughs> stamp once uh, if he heard that. So that's wonderful.
0: Uh huh. And I, I also like that he prefaces it with, "I know I don't pray to you very often." Like, <laughs> there's there's a lot. Of, he even mentions, "I don't know if you even exist." It's
1: a good line. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Um, but of course, Fry's horse was also injected by Bender with the comatonin. And Bender Bender's horse wins by the entire length of the racetrack. Bender wins $2,500
0: for this. And totally worth drugging um, like seven horses and a jockey and for. And a jockey. Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
1: important to know that one jockey also got drugged.
0: Also, the name of the winning horse was Harry Trotter. <laughs> Which is a very good joke. Not as good as Depressed Widget, though. C- certainly not.
1: <laughs> That's so it when was
0: surely not. When this podcast makes us rich... Uh well
1: hold on, let me laugh for about twenty minutes.
0: Now Go that I've on. cut out that twenty minutes <laughs> when this podcast makes us rich, we're gonna buy a racehorse and name it Depressed Depressing Widget. W- <laughs> Depressed widget.
1: <laughs> uh, it's good to have plans. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Fry gets really upset. He's, he's only got one dollar left. And he's like, you're not going to take this from me. And he's waving it around and it gets picked up by the wind and gets carried off and almost accepted by a slurm machine. Yeah, it's rejected a couple times. And then it gets spat back out and then lands on some power lines. And he remarks, I don't know much about horses, but I know a lot about doing anything for a dollar. And he tries to get the... The dollar back from yeah, the, he, the lines with a rake and mm-hmm. electrocutes himself, falls into a trash can, and then the the guy from the the horse snack uh, concession, concession stand, stand uh, it's like what an unlucky guy. And then just dumps the this like bucket of slurry on him.
1: <laughs> the the concept of horse slurry, it just sounds awful. And there are also bones in that slurry. And I mean, it's, it's not a successful slurry.
0: And it's all on Fry. Oh, directly, on Fry. directly on Fry.
1: So we we uh we do this a lot. We kind of go back and forth between the 20th century and 3000. So we're we're going back to the 20th century. Fry and Yancey are playing basketball. Uh Fry is showing off his patented space hook and then Yancey straight
0: up steals it. But they both call it the patented space hook. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you can't both patent it, guys. Come on.
1: Yeah, we got to take this to a to a court.
0: Fry obvi- obviously patented it, so now Yancey has to license it. See, this is this is important. This is the things that nine nine year olds just don't understand about it's, life.
1: It's true. They need to follow the rules, and it, when there are rules, there are consequences, as in lawsuits about space hooks.
0: After the ball rolls off, Fry goes to get it, and. Uh, he sees in this patch of clovers a seven leaf clover which seems uh either highly improbable or genetic mutation he uh picks it up and kind of tucks it in his
1: uh like his, his sweat wristband
0: and he immediately makes a three point shot
1: oh a, a deep three he and it swishes in the in the good basket oh man it's so good
0: I'm only vaguely aware of basketball, so you should be lucky that I knew it was a three-point shot. You got real good stuff, sports. Go sports. I, I said, I said he makes a three-point shot, and then you said lots of sports things, and then I. You know what a swish is? Yes, but like that was one of the sports things I said. But I didn't notice that he swished it, like because I didn't care. <laughs> I don't know how you did. Do, anyway, does not important. Yeah, and so he wins, and he's like, "Yeah, there'll be no celebration in the Yancey Dome tonight." Um, He's—he's he's, uh, its very funny to me how he's like, "I'm gonna just dig in this uh this knife in your back," and there's a certain level of like joy that's like really joyous, but not too joyous, where it's like, "Yeah, I won," but the stadium's named after the other guy. Well, is it was an away game. But still, it's named after the
1: guy. Well, I mean, you go to your opponent's, you know, home court and beat them on your home their home court. You're you're making it worse on them. Yeah, but the Trailblazers don't play at
0: Trailblazer
1: Dome. Okay, fair, but they sold those rights. Yet, he hasn't been able to sell the rights, apparently.
0: No wonder he can't afford to buy a licensing for the patent and space hook. See, now we're getting it to all the makes real- sense. We're getting
1: to the real thing here. This is the real talk that I've always wanted to talk about on this podcast. Oh, I'm glad we're we're, we're hitting finally this, finally it after 36 or 30. How many episodes is it? Too many.
0: We're finally getting to that good baseball, baseball, <laughs> basketball <laughs> licensing. I don't even know what sport they're playing. Ben, eject, eject. Let's see. They okay. have a ball. Okay, sure, yeah. And there is a basket. Okay, fair. Uh, and they play it on a court. Okay, so I'm gonna call it. Funky Duck Bowling.
1: <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to go with court, Basket Court, but okay.
0: <laughs> Fair See, enough. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> but then I was like, no, that's too obvious. And then I had nothing else. Yes,
1: that was too obvious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to name a racehorse Depressed <laughs> Widget. We're not good with names, all right? I think we've both proven that already. <laughs> I
1: think depressed widget is a good horse name, and I will, I will take that to my grave.
0: Uh, put a pin in that one. Should we put up a poll on the Twitter? Yes, is, absolutely. Is depressed widget a yes. good r- horse racing? This is exactly what we should be name. doing with this podcast. Yes, excellent. Okay,
1: I'm bouncing in my chair. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> he literally is. <laughs>
1: Oh man! so we after the uh the celebration at the Yancey dome after some funky duck bowling we go back to the year <laughs> can't even oh. <laughs> we go back to the year three thousand um and at planet express, uh Bender is counting his winnings in front of everyone.
0: Fry is also, most of his hair has been just burned off. Mm-hmm. He's His
1: head is still smoking.
0: Like uh-huh. it,
1: His body is just still dealing with this electrocution.
0: Fry is regaling everybody with this tale of how he once owned a seven leaf clover mm-hmm. and how it made him much luckier. I do want to point out before he starts his tale,
1: uh, a, a robot that comes and gives people hair comes by and gives Fry his new hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he looks normal for the rest of the episode uh but the fact that uh, a a hair robot exists is incredible to me
0: Mm -hmm. it's It's
1: the first uh, time we see him because we do see him again
0: and yeah but fry is is telling everybody about how he had the seven leaf clover that made him super lucky Mm -hmm. and that maybe now it's you know giving an ant some luck or helping some luck uh, some dirt turn its luck around dirt doesn't need luck And then Zoidberg suggests, well, maybe the Clover is still in the hiding place. Mm -hmm. Because it's in a spot that he told no one, not
1: even Scruffy. And Scruffy just kind of like looks at him for a bit and leaves the room.
0: See, even when Scruffy doesn't
1: speak, he's very funny.
0: Oh, yeah. I love Scruffy. Scruffy's the best. Hashtag team Scruffy and Zoidberg. Hashtag team Bender and Hermes.
1: Fair enough.
0: Oh, God. That sounds like weird, awkward fan fiction Things I'm not okay with no
1: it's just two on two fighting is all it is
0: oh okay I like that it's it's like
1: Tekken tag team but for Futurama Futurama tag team fighting okay
0: I'm okay with that I'm, I'm back in this now
1: okay crap no one want to build a video game
0: they and, and get and buy the license because uh-huh. it's important Fry decides that he can go down to the ruins of old New York and maybe find the Clover still there yeah but he'll need somebody that knows how to bend hey Lila you want to come and Bender's like, screw that. Bending is my middle name. Is it? My full name is Bender Bending Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you can roll those R's because I can't. And he, he
0: overrolls those I R's. Know,
1: but you can actually do that and I cannot.
0: Rodriguez.
1: Damn, it's, it just sounds so good coming out of your mouth.
0: Okay. So, yeah, they decide Boy, to go. Boy, howdy, that's going to get cut up and put in
1: some interesting ways, huh?
0: They decide to go down to uh old new york the little pj's manhole cover makes mm. its its comeback yeah we referenced that in the
1: uh in the intro the, the whole time as the best show that fox has ever canceled mm-hmm. yeah exactly uh so fry bender and leela go down to the the ruins of old new york uh fry says finally i'm gonna get lucky and uh a rung under him falls uh breaks and he falls all the way down into old new york
0: I mean, he he kind of declared it a little early, don't you think? He doesn't have the clover yet.
1: Yeah, Fry uh Fry's not the
0: smartest of men. So they go down to the ruins of old New York. And they're, they're
1: all alone in Manhattan. So Fry can do all the crazy things he always wanted to do, like standing on a uh newspaper vending machine and yelling, "Howard Stern is overrated!" and knocking a phone off of its hook, a payphone off of its hook.
0: And Bender's like, "New York is so burned." <laughs>
1: <laughs> he he also, uh, to spite uh, the former mayor, Rudy Giuliani, he jaywalks. Of course, when he does this, he's run over by a giant lizard.
0: Right, because that's exactly what happens when you jaywalk. Yeah, it's karma. We get a flashback back to the 80s. It's very clearly the 80s in this scene. Very because clearly. Because there yeah. is a uh, Benetton ad. There is an election poster for Dukakis. I think it says Ruckus Dukakis. And everybody's wearing... 80s clothes and they're breakdancing. And Fry even has some of those shoes with the kangaroos on them that had a name that I now forget. Mhm. I don't even know. And yeah, they're all breakdancing and just uh pretty clearly. They're practicing for the uh some like breakdancing competition where
1: they can get some parachute pants.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: So Fry goes first and talks about his uh outer space style, like the robot and things like that. Um, I didn't catch all the His
0: name is... Because they they go through this routine where it's like, name, uh, moves... Uh, Style uh, moves. Style moves. And then... So he's Cosmic F. His style's outer space, and his moves are the moonwalk, the robot, the zero G. Mm -hmm. And then Yancy goes, and he says his name is Cosmic Y. His style is deep space. He has to think about that one for a minute. And... Then he just kind of stops caring about even having any pretense that he's not copying Fry because then he says, the spacewalk, the robot, the zero G. My favorite thing there
1: is when Fry notices he's doing the robot. He's like, hey, that's similar to mine. (laughs) Right. Um, So yeah, Yancy bites Fry's style and Fry kind of accuses him of being a biter. And then um, I kind of like do a little bit of a talking scuffle thing and then fry says i'm gonna do a septuple hud's head spin
0: everybody's like no way that's impossible nobody's ever done more than a quadruple head spin so he uh fry puts his seven leaf clover in his headband and he does the
1: septuple
0: oh yeah uh yancy also gets crazy jealous about this and uh starts trying to grab the clover from yeah, share him. the clover and which sounds like a Drug thing, but it's not. It's super not. And then until it is, and then (laughs) Fry runs off, and uh, we we cut back to uh, the future, i.e., the present. Yeah, Bender. uh, So I have here that Bender
1: turns into a rail car, um, which he calls the B train, and he kind of like straps his like foot cuffs under the the railways and get allows them to get on and grab his arms.
0: I mostly like that. He gives a whole thing about like, you know, this is the Brooklyn bound, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, doors are now closing. And he even makes it like, boom, boom. This is the Brooklyn bound B train, making local stops at wherever the hell I feel like. Watch for the closing doors. Boom,
1: boom. That's, that's pretty neat. I also like the making stops wherever I feel like it. It's a good
0: train right there. It's
1: a good train. Um, they end up stopping in Brooklyn. Um, and fry and lily get off and it turns out that bender has collected a sleeping gentleman who who is told it's the end of the line and he grumbles and walks away they they find the house after kind of reminiscing of the old neighborhood like like the the bench in which fry found some shirts and then the corner where a guy with a bushy beard handed out a socialist newsletter
0: was it poorly Xerox? you know it
1: they find the house and then they notice it's pretty disheveled and Time has not been kind to it. And then we cut back to the 20th century and it is exactly the way, same. Right. I mean, down to the like two by fours coming out of the roof. It is exactly the same. So this is a continuation of the scene where Yancey is chasing Fry for the clover. Mm-hmm. Fry yells uh, for the uh, his mom and his mom says, stealing is bad. And then goes back to practicing putting in the living room.
0: And she's putting like the the amount that that his parents don't care about being parents is insane because she is literally putting and using a world's best mom coffee mug that she breaks in this (laughs) process as sort of the hole in which to put.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's it, these two people have very interesting obsessions that seem to cause them to not care about their children.
0: Speaking of interesting obsessions, they go, uh, Fry goes down to the uh, basement, which has been converted into a bomb shelter mm-hmm. that his dad is in, in the process of preparing and packing up with uh, bananas, which he claims that they're going to need when the radiation turns them all into monkeys. Okay. And Fry decides to hide the clover in his Ronco record vault. And then he, he chooses the his copy of the Breakfast
1: Club soundtrack to put it in.
0: And I just love that he's like, man, I can't wait till I'm old enough to feel ways about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that either. I mean, well, you'll feel ways about stuff by the end of this episode.
1: Put a pin in that one.
0: Yeah, so we find out that it's it's hidden in this record in this record vault Mm -hmm. and then we cut back to the year 3000 where uh fry is walking down into the same basement fry finds the record vault and he's like i still remember the combination three and then tries to open it
1: and And
0: it's stuck it's It's a great combination by the Mm -hmm. way only slightly worse than the one in Spaceballs. slightly one two three four five it's the same combination i have on my luggage um (laughs) so well at least that one you have to guess five things bender points out that the weakness of the ronco design is its structural resonance frequency and thus latches onto it and starts vibrating like crazy and everything around him starts shaking and stuff is coming off the walls and then finally the door opens and also his head falls off
1: i thought his head fell off and hit it to open it was i wrong on that on the it was a really quick back
0: and forth moment. I don't think so. Maybe, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Somebody somebody, somebody will will, tweeted yeah. at it. So Fry pulls out the Breakfast Club soundtrack uh and says the name and I love that Bender's like I, you mean Breakfast Club sandwich. It's just this
1: <laughs> random non-explained joke that they're just like you meant this, right? And then he just leaves
0: camera. Uh-huh. It's and of, and of all people bender doesn't eat food but he so. is the sh- the the ship chef i know but like it's just i wouldn't imagine that the robot would be the one who's like no i think you're talking about a sandwich sure
1: now the thought of a breakfast club sandwich sounds amazing to me though
0: Well let's finish this up and then i'll get some breakfast club sandwiches at seven thirty in the evening
1: well it's 5 a.m somewhere
0: that is my take on food because breakfast food is amazing Fair enough. So Fry
1: says that Yancey stole it, and he looks into the entire jacket, and he says he's cleared the place out. They walk through Prospect Park, where Fry sees a statue of what looks to be his brother um, with a seven-leaf clover in his lapel. But the inscription says, Philip J. Fry. Fry deduces that he stole his name, and uh, he ditched Yancey and stole Philip, the name.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I also love that Bender is just, like, obsessed with how awesome this statue looks, because he keeps calling them like, an Adonis. Or, like, <laughs> it's um, true. Uh,
1: the inscription also says Yancey was the first person on Mars. Fry says, that w- I was
0: supposed to be the first person on Mars. Back at Planet Express, uh, they're talking about what happened, and uh, <laughs> they say nothing was in there except the best music of the 1980s in one amazing collection. And then the professor chimes in and he says, my internet browser heard us talking about Fry and it found a movie about Philip J. Fry for us. It also opened his calendar to Friday and ordered the professor some French fries. Uh, They pull up this video that basically says that uh, Philip J. Fry was the first man on Mars Mm -hmm. He struck oil in the bathroom of a mansion he won through a lottery. He had a rock band known as Leaf Seven, known for its hypnotic rhythms, driving bass lines and memorable hooks.
1: And he 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 had that band after a fling with the Icelandic supermodel Njord.
0: I just love that Fry, when when they do the 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 band is known for hypnotic rhythms, driving bass lines and memorable hooks. Fry's like, that's what I'm known for. <laughs> I uh, When I think about Fry, I think about the memorable hooks. I think about the hypnotic rhythms, so... Fair enough. We also find out that Fry spends most of his time in his grave at Orbiting Meadows <laughs> National Cemetery, buried with his trademark clover. So Fry
1: says they're going to go grave robbing, and Bender says,
0: let me go get my kit. We cut back to the past. Uh, Yancey is a young adult mm-hmm. now um he is dressed in a camouflage tuxedo mm-hmm. he's
1: try uh, it's his father's uh he's trying it on for the wedding he's having it it got his father through nam in style this is clearly after fry has been frozen because they mention him w- wishing that fry could see him do be right. b- be this so so fry in this timeline is now
0: frozen and yeah they uh, yancy asks if there's any um any music for the reception, his mom suggests to go down in the basement Mm -hmm. and see if uh, Fry had anything. Yeah. Because while Fry may be gone, his crap sure is still here.
1: She is not about get all this crap that he's got. Uh, So uh, Yancy goes downstairs and finds the record vault and tries to open it and can't make it happen, but finds some off-brand Play-Doh.
0: Called Dodo. Uh,
1: So he uses it kind of, he turns it into like a, a, a snake uh, at, by rubbing it between his palms he kind of sticks it to the the edge and lights it on fire and it explodes opening the vault
0: he also while he's looking through the stuff um there is uh one callback and one very important thing that he finds the callback is a little uh pennant is that what those things are called yes uh he finds a pennant for the whitefish go whitefish go whitefish which is a callback to his his time at Coney Island U, mm-hmm. and uh, he also finds a drawing that uh, the real Philip J. Fry made uh, that is a, a when he was like a kid, and it's Philip. It's a it's like a stick figure drawing of a of a guy on top of a spaceship mm-hmm. going into space, and underneath it says Philip J. Fry, age twenty, because apparently the young Philip J. Fry. Uh, wanted to be blasting through space by the age of 20.
1: I interpreted it at when he was age 20, he drew this
0: interesting. I never thought of it that way, but that would also make sense considering it is fry. We're talking about it's here. true. Yeah.
1: Also, it's funnier that way. Huh?
0: It, I find it. Less I've literally in- never thought of it that way. <laughs> I find
1: it. I find it interesting that you find it more inspirational and I find it more just a joke on fry himself. But I also, I understand Fry, if if it is the way I interpret it, I'm a very
0: bad drawer myself, so I understand it. I just imagine you don't spend a lot of time pointing out what age you were when you drew things, though. You'd be wrong. So, okay. Every
1: drawing I've made, like every drawing on a whiteboard, I do uh, my, Mike, age 29.
0: I'm sure they love that at work, when you have to draw diagrams or things.
1: Hey, it's a whiteboard. It goes away really quick.
0: But no, I always just assumed it was like this inspirational thing because like he said he's wanted a robot for a best friend since age eight. So like, I always thought it was this like, like this is what, because when you're a kid, you think age 20 is like ancient. Sure. And so like, of course, by age, tw- like when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a freaking astronaut by age 20. Like, mm-hmm. Sure so no, okay i like your interpretation
1: a little bit better it's more optimistic and less just making fun of the character
0: i don't know what is i want to know what everybody else thinks about this so That's you should true. tweet at us uh at back to futurama let us know yeah how did you interpret because this? or because i've always interpreted it the way that i said and
1: i've always interpreted it the way that i've said crazy okay it's even now we're finding new things in the show it's amazing
0: Anyways, yeah, he finds this, this picture of like the, the stick figure on the uh, spaceship yeah. rocketing through space. And he
1: folds it up and puts it in his, his suit.
0: Then, yes, he opens up the Ronco record vault uh, with the dodo mm-hmm. yeah. uh, improvised plastic <laughs> explosive. Yes,
1: he picks out the Breakfast Club soundtrack saying, oh, this will get people out the door and, and finds the seven leaf clover.
0: Then we cut back to the future. Which uh, they are landing at the orbiting cemetery, mm-hmm. Orbital Meadows. And. And Fry's. Philip J. Fry is, is buried in the World Heroes section. And Fry's like, I should be the one in that grave. I've always enjoyed that line. And as they're going in, they've got some guards that everybody salutes, and Bender salutes them with the shovel. Mm-hmm. Like. Hitting himself in the head. Here's- like, way to be obvious about it, Bender, but. It's he, he. They don't stop him. It's true. They don't. They just stand there and salute. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. So I've I've listed a couple of as they walk, they p- pass by some pretty notable graves
0: that I'd like to call
1: out. I only wrote down one, but I'm sure
0: you're going to say it.
1: Um. The the graves that I've written down are the tomb of the unknown comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shack's
0: leg. That's the one I had because so, it's amazing. Very specifically, his leg. I have a I have a theory about this. Okay, I want to hear your theory about Shaq's leg. They split up. The
1: legs, arms, and head of Shaq, along with his torso, into different cemeteries. Because he's too powerful to be buried in one singular cemetery. He's a superhero. And if you keep them together, that's the only way
0: he'll... So what you're saying, and let me me get this straight. What you're saying is that Shaquille Mm O'Neal... Friend
1: of the podcast.
0: Debatable. Um, (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal... When he dies, mm-hmm. if all of his body parts are together, mm-hmm. they reform and he comes back to life. And he comes back to life even stronger. Okay, so this is this is some really impressive wizard stuff. This is like a D and D campaign exactly. of the future. Exactly, stopping the wizard Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, from. What is Shaquille O'Neal's uh, plot that we need to stop by keeping all of his body parts buried separately?
1: He wants to dunk
0: on the leader of the free world. Oh, snap. Okay.
1: See? See, you're with me. What other explanation is there for Shaq's leg being buried by itself?
0: I mean, I'm sure there are other ones, but I don't want to know about them now because this is this is my new headcanon. This is what I want. Uh, look out for for my new
1: comic book, Uh <laughs> the adventures of the wizard Shaquille O'Neal coming to bookstores within the next, I don't know, 20 years probably. After you get the licensing for it. Got to get the
0: licensing. Got to
1: so, get the heads up from the, got to get the okay from Shaq himself, friend of the
0: podcast, of course. Uh, were there any other graves that you noticed? Um,
1: they uh, this is they don't show this, but B- uh, Bender digs up John Larroquette's spine uh, so that no one can say he can't own, he doesn't own that spine.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so they find the grave of philip j fry and they start digging it up yep and as they're digging fry kind of hits it with uh the the handle of the shovel mm-hmm. and knocks a little bit of the um the moss off the moss off um and then he reads what it says and we go
1: back as the viewer to the 20th century
0: uh Yancy is now married and they have a brand new son that they have just brought back from the hospital and um they his wife says so have you thought of a name yet he's like well I was kind of thinking of one and then he pulls out the the seven leaf clover and tells his son like hey you know this this uh clover is uh it, it's super lucky and it'll make you great at anything, even Mm breakdancing.
1: And then his wife tells him that she knows what he wants to name him and it's okay.
0: He's like, really? No fooling. All right, son, your name is Philip J. Fry, uh, in honor of, of his little brother who he misses every day. And that picture, um, of Philip J. Fry, uh, on the spaceship is, is mounted and, um, hung up like right next to framed and hung up
1: right next to right next to the crib so this this means that the grave is not yancey who has stolen phil uh fry's name it's
0: yancey's son right and so we we cut back to the future and um we see the the inscription on the grave and it says um here lies philip j fry named for his uncle to carry on his spirit and then Fry like starts tearing up yeah. pretty bad.
1: Uh Bender has finally made it to the body and has gotten the clover along with his along with uh Phil's wedding ring. He's like, "Sorry ladies,
0: I'm taken."
1: Uh Fry is in tears is is very tearing up about this. Um uh he he grabs the clover fr- clover from Bender and looks at it and looks at the monument. Um Leela says that Bender you know, Bender, he's going to need some time.
0: They walk off. Bender says, we'll grab a shovel. Um, I'm only one skull short of a mouse reunion, reunion, uh, which raises a lot of questions. Um, but yeah, then Fry puts the clover back in with, um, what turns out to be his nephew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then he, he kneels beside it. And, uh, don't you forget about me plays, mm-hmm. And it just kind of zooms out from the cemetery as, uh, that song plays. And that means it's time for... Grades. That was a sultry grades. I, I'm feeling it
1: today, my friend, because this episode got me a little teary. This is obviously Futurama's, one of its very first attempts at going for that kind of emotional, heartfelt kind of emotion. It it, it tends, I mean, in the early seasons, it's more joke, 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 joke.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't I don't think we get anything like this in, in the first two seasons whatsoever. Yeah. So
1: this is really one of the first times it tries to do this. And the it's I find it to be a masterful use of um. the audience learning something, then, you know, uh, going back to going back and forth between these two time periods to have the understanding known by both the characters and the viewer at the same time. And not letting the viewers have information that the characters don't, and vice versa.
0: It's called dramatic irony.
1: Excellent, thank you. Um, I find that a masterful use of dramatic irony in this. In this, um, it, it's it's funny. It has a lot of good jokes. It has a lot of good character beats. It's it's a very good plot. I find it incredibly fun and satisfying to watch this episode. I'm gonna have to give it an A plus.
0: Wow, okay. um so I really enjoy the episode. Um I know I've talked a lot about how I do enjoy a lot of the sad episodes, and this is the first real big one where it's like, hey, like here's a really touching and uh heartfelt but also kind of melancholy ending mm-hmm. and it's great when the writers pull this stuff they know exactly what they're doing and i think th- it's episodes like this that make me really fall in love with this show um with that said um i find the i find uh, some of the middle part where fry is just kind of being i mean don't get me wrong i'm not going to say that he's a bad person for being upset that his older brother stole his identity you know, they, I get it, but it's, I find it a, a little, a little bit on the tedious side. Uh, So I'm not going to give it an A plus, but I will definitely still give it an A, but that's me being extremely picky about it sure. because it is a fantastic episode. One of the best episodes. Um, I know a, a friend of mine actually cites this as her favorite episode of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can see why. I mean, it's, it's got a little bit of everything and it's a great episode, but like I said, it's it's me being very nitpicky. Sure. So I'm gonna give it an A, but yeah, it's very good. Yeah.
1: And I will say this, uh, not as part of my grade segment, but just this is this affected me a little differently than I had anticipated it because I first watched this when I was what, you know, it was two thousand, like teenager at sure. Most. Um and I you know, I've watched Futurama. Uh, over and over again but you know as somebody that is now you know coming to a stage of life where you know these kind of things marriages babies are happening it's affecting me in a different way that i wasn't oh yeah
0: absolutely I, i get it so i i find that
1: because even before like it was affecting but not in the same way that i was affected today so i was i i i find that very fascinating that they were able to do that
0: I mean, again, a little bit a little bit separate from grading this specific episode in general, but the ability of the writers to do this sort of thing, especially when I mean, I can't think of any other animated shows at the time who were really doing sad things. Oh, yeah. Um, At the
1: time, there was nothing.
0: Like, and just this ability for it to, to, I always call it, um, kind of doing the the mash thing where it's like, oh yeah, where it's like this comedy, but also, uh, it's sad and has these really heartbreaking moments. And I even brought it up in war is the H word where I'm like, it's pretty obvious. I think a lot of the writers grew up watching mash. Oh, sure. And I just, I think they're so good at it. And, um, I know there are a lot of people who really feel like, well, it's a comedy, I should be laughing. And I know people who, who don't really like Futurama as much because it kind of kind of starts sure. doing this. Uh, but for me, I think that's really one of the biggest strengths of the show. And uh, I'm I'm really glad that they decide to start doing this in in seasons three and season four because it makes it a better show. Um, and I, I honestly thing you're gonna see a lot of really good grades coming from from me specifically on a lot of these episodes oh sure
1: and and i mean you know it it does right by the characters by giving these somewhat melancholy beats to them to make them not just you know peter griffin or a a character like that where that doesn't have a lot of depth and it it adds depth to these characters that you know on the surface they're just oh this is a one-eyed alien this is a a a lobster man you know the it gives them a lot more depth and i think that makes it a more enjoyable experience at least for me and i i think i can speak for you as well oh
0: yeah absolutely
1: but that's not to say that you know the people that don't like it for you know not having for having these melancholy moments if they they're not if this isn't their favorite kind of thing, that doesn't say that there is as invalid. It's just, oh no, they're the worst. No, just kidding. Okay. It's fine. Uh, you can even like. You can you tweet like. at him. At, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but it's it's to me. It's this makes it stronger because it's something that no one else is doing on television at the time. Of course, we've got right. television shows that do or uh, cartoons that do this now a lot. Actually.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, like BoJack Horseman. Have you watched any of BoJack? I have not. Uh, it is it to a T where it's just like, let's delve into the depths of human depression. Sure. uh, But also be funny at the same time. So I mean,
1: I've I've got my own one in Steven universe that, that has uh, kicked my heart in its butt before. So
0: I've, this is even more tangents, but uh, I've been watching Steven universe with you. Of Mm -hmm. course, uh, as my first watch through, Um, I may have been thinking about the last, uh episode that we watched for two days now yeah because it's lodged in my brain because of this same kind of thing yeah. so i get it
1: so so the well a that shows at, at least a little bit that this kind of melancholy character work in a comedy in a comedy and in a cartoon can work because it does work and this is a legacy that future drama does kind of pave for the shows of today. Yeah. Which I, is, think,
0: I think that's valid, which is a huge
1: like a uh, compliment to the show because it's it's really fantastic. And I like the fact that you've been thinking about two days for this episode. <laughs> and I've been thinking about the board game dominion that we
0: played. <laughs> it's true. Um, also very good, much less melancholy. <laughs> uh, with all that said, uh, we, we are going a little bit over on time because of that. I think we'll just leave it at, you know, if as always, if you want to get in contact with us, yeah. um, feel free to do so mm-hmm. uh email address is back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com
1: yeah definitely tell us what you think uh by tweeting on us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com back to futurama and we are on itunes or apple podcasts or whatever they're calling it right now so uh find us rate us review us and subscribe and tell
0: your friends and until next week i'm ben and i'm mike Goodbye from the world of tomorrow.